Another week in the books of NFL play. Another week in the books of betting. I, I, Nick Rose, am feeling freaking amazing with my picks. I'm leading dudes with some balls wrapped up right now. Let's go. Well, episode of wrapped up in part with dudes with some balls for those that live breathe and love all things sports while valuing the convenience of your own time this is dudes with some balls for the fan from the fan the podcast made for you jordan my wrapped up partner how we doing man doing very well we both, uh, I think was this was the first week. No, last week you you and Booth both went two and one. This is the first week I've been on the two and one train, and I thought Booth might have a shot, but uh, his, his team on Monday night let him down. Those those pesky over unders that he keeps taking in prime time. Booth's uh, got to stay away from him. <laughs> yeah, but take on a normal Sunday game. Take him take an over on the early slate or something. But now I'm excited to chalk it up with some football and uh, looking forward to Friday Friday's show as well. Yeah, man. A lot to be excited about. MLB playoffs. We're getting into the midst of the NFL season. A lot of teams showing separation. Talking about wrapped up really quick, Booth. The standings at five and seven. Jordan, you're the only one with a tie so far at five, six, and one, trailing me and myself, leading the pack right at 500 at six and six. So we've all been pretty even. We're getting better after the first couple of weeks. We dug ourselves into a hole. Now we're building our way back up. You and I both went two and one this weekend. We both had a chance go three and oh you more than me but you even said it on last week's pod do not bet Mahomes in prime time to cover yeah I mean he's just right around 50 or uh 50 percent cover covering his entire career he could have easily covered by just walking into the end zone at the end of that game but uh decided to take a slide I know it's probably the right football play but the way the end of that game finished was so suspect and like conspiracy theories all over Twitter now from gambling Twitter and, and everywhere with the holding calls, the non-holding calls, uh, the 30-something yard Patrick Mahomes run, and then obviously going down. I know that everyone's going to say it's the right football play, but go up 10, I don't know. That stadium could have been rocking. There was a lot of Chiefs fans at that game. I believe firmly that NFL teams and players, they know the line and they talk about the line before they go in ever since the Sean McVay thing against the 49ers in week two that we talked about. But I want to slide it over. You talked about that pick, but I really want to slide it over to Boo's pick. And you kind of highlighted it at the beginning of the pod. The Seattle Seahawks Giants game booth had over 47. It didn't happen, but I really just want to talk about the Seahawks because as you know, the Mariners didn't make the playoffs. So I got to find life in something else in Seattle sports. How about Devin Witherspoon, man? A very questionable fifth overall pick, although he was graded perfectly in that Seattle Seahawks physical DB. He's an animal. Seven tackles last night, two sacks, 97-yard pick six, second longest in franchise history, and he had four quarterback pressures to go along with that. He's been dominant the past two weeks, and he even went and signed a Seattle Seahawks 12s flag after the game with his name and D-R-O-Y, the hopeful defensive rookie of the year, and he's kind of balling out so far. Well, before last night's game, I think he was plus 800 for the defensive rookie player of the year. He certainly made a great case. He now trails only Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter is the only one minus money right now. I believe he's minus 110. Devin Witherspoon is plus 120. So if you got the value before last night's game, you're holding a, a very valuable ticket. After last night's game, maybe not so much, and especially with the way Jalen Carter's been playing this year. But no, the highlight to me was he played very well, and I think he would have played well regardless, but 
you get Jamal Adams back, he goes flying around the field the first series of the game and then gets hit in the head and is concussed and has to be removed from the game. That defense, when he gets back and healthy, it's like a new it's like a new uh, new stage of Legion of Boom almost with Jamal Adams when he plays the way he can because he's like a freaking linebacker playing safety. He was all over the field. I know it was only, what, nine plays on the field, but he was making his impact felt early. And then you mentioned the top five pick and Devin Witherspoon. They're fun. And they got after they got after the quarterback. I know that's not the first time Daniel Jones has been taken to the ground, what, 10 times in a game so far this season. But that's good to see your pass rush be able to get to the quarterback because it gives them so much confidence going into the next week that, hey, we expect to get after the quarterback. Because even if they regress 50%, they're still sacking them five times, you know. Yeah, 11 sacks on the night for the Seattle Seahawks defense. And I know we can get ahead and say it's the Giants, but we've talked a little bit about them after that first week, little surprise against the Rams. And the Rams, again, looking good. We're going to touch on them as well. Seattle looks good. And you got to see last night the versatility in them. I mean, they're so deep in the secondary on defense, but even Geno Smith kind of gets hurt in the play. And you see Drew Locke come in the game, and he looks poised as ever. Like the Seahawks, there's I know there's still the Eagles and the 49ers, but this is a team, depending on who they could match up with in the postseason, I know it's a little early to talk about playoffs. They could they could make a run. NFC Championship is not uh, not out of the question for them. Yeah, Pete Carroll has the boys going, and that is a team that I think will kind of just continue to fly under the radar. With how good the Niners are this season, obviously big market team L.A., like they're playing better than expectations. They have a potential – uh, rookie of the year receiver. They got Cooper Cup coming back. LA will be talked about the rest of the season. Seattle's just going to kind of coast and fly under the radar. I wouldn't be surprised to see them 10, 11 wins by the end of the season, uh, headed into a wild card round. I love the I love the pick. Let's keep staying on Booth since he's unable to be with us again today. He said he was riding with Cincinnati. He said that was going to be his year-long ride, highly because he has Joe Burrow in fantasy, I believe. But, oh, it is not looking good for the Bengals. Booth picked on minus two and a half, and they got walloped by the Tennessee Titans, twenty-seven to three. I don't know if you have anything on that. It's if you remember, Booth and I have the same MVP. I have a future on him. It's pretty much gone to charity at this point. Four games into the season, he's just—he's not mobile. He can't stick in the pocket because he's not healthy with the calf. So he's not going through a progressive progression of reads to figure out who he's going to throw the ball to and then teams are just kind of sacking the box knowing that he can't get outside the pocket and move to make throws so I wouldn't be surprised if they shut him down for a couple of weeks try to get him try to run him back after the bye see if Browning can get them a win or two or even AJ McCarron whoever they have as their back I think it is Jacob Browning but uh yeah I wouldn't be surprised if they shut him down and you know as good as the Bengals defense looked against the run Derrick Henry you just get spurts like this with Derrick Henry. It's like he doesn't age. And then the next week he'll go and rush for 10 carries for 30 yards, you know. But this week, over 100 yards on the ground, a touchdown. This Titans team's frisky. Yeah, they're actually a lot better. Derrick Henry, when he's on like he's on, he's hard to beat. We saw him take a couple snaps in the shotgun. It, they're trying to make him the man because they know the quarterback problem is a problem but Tannehill's being serviceable so far like he always is Mr. Utility as I think I want to define him as but Booth's last pick was the Minnesota Vikings to cover versus the Carolina Panthers and thank you Justin Jefferson for your amazing late game heroics without Kirk Cousins throwing two interceptions uh, it looked like Booth had a chance to go 0-3 this weekend yeah that was one I felt really good on was Minnesota covering and somehow they did 
I think it more has to do with the lack of offensive production that the Panthers had. They scored 13 points, but if you remember, the only touchdown they scored was on a pick six, 97-yard 90, return where Kirk Cousins felt the wrath. Kind <laughs> <trying> of <laughs> take down the ball carrier down the sidelines. But, yeah, I mean, the Vikings covered. It's not the best their offense has looked. I, I still think they're going to be able to compete. They're going to be in a lot of one-score games. That's kind of what their, their MO has been over the last several seasons. Uh, and they're going to have a tough one this next week with the Chiefs. Yeah, it's it doesn't get easier, and that might be a game where you want to bet on the Chiefs this week, Jordan. We'll see what our locks are when they come out. <laughs> Slide it on over to my side of things. Two and one on the weekend, like I mentioned. The Chargers, you questioned me. I, I, I brought up, I sent in the text that we always send our locks in, and you kind of gave me almost like an eye roll. The Chargers again, <laughs> we were betting that. I felt really confident with the Chargers at home against the Raiders, and they did not let me down. And Justin Herbert looked like he just survived kind of like a bombing to the hand. Like he took a grenade and he got like ricocheted. I mean, if you saw that picture, his finger was all messed up. Did enough to lead the team to a victory. I thought the Raiders were going to make it a tie game or even, you know, knock a field goal to make it closer to that spread. Luckily, a late interception for the Chargers defense was so huge and got me the win in that one. Yeah, and for a while, watching the first half at least, I was thinking, gosh, Nick is going to roll this one over me. Uh, for sure but the Chargers is they don't impress me at certain like that game had no business being a one score game I'll just put it like that they they won by seven they covered your spread but even Staley again fourth and one we're gonna try to do a tush push and we're not gonna get it that's his mo I get it he's gonna keep that's just what he does but at the same time it's a recipe for disaster if, if it starts costing them games it seems like actually this year the only team who's running the push push effectively is the Eagles. They get hyped about it every weekend about how good they are. It's almost automatic. Like the Giants tried out Monday night. It didn't work early in the game. And the Chargers, like you said, almost cost them. There's no reason Aiden O'Connell should have thrown for 238 yards. But he did against a Chargers secondary that people were very excited about going into the year. So Los Angeles does have some things to clean up, as we know. My final one, I told you I was really excited about this one. I felt this was my most confident pick. And because I thought it was going to be like a 38 to seven game was the 49ers Cardinals. And for some reason, both offenses actually kind of had a heyday at one point. It was exactly 44 points. And I was so mad at Vegas because Arizona tried to go for two and they failed the two point conversion. And it was like, it was still, I think it was like either early fourth quarter or late in the third. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me though. Someone please, someone please score. And luckily Christian McCaffrey had over a hundred yards again on the ground, just being what should be the MVP in my opinion, 35 to 16. I didn't expect the Cardinals to score that much, but thankfully the over hit. Yeah. And that was one that I was, I kind of gave you a little pushback on. I actually ended up fading you. I took the under and that did not feel good about, 18 minutes in was <laughs> not going to hit. So McCaffrey looked awesome Four touchdowns. Purdy, I think was 20 of 21, which is 95% pass completion percentage outrageous. I know he's not necessarily testing the ball downfield. It's a lot of more checkdowns and stuff like that. But I think both those teams watching that game, I think they have something that to build on, you know, the, the, the Niners are going to go play the game of the week next week against the Cowboys looking forward to that one. And the Cardinals, they lost by three scores, but it didn't feel like they were severely outmatched. Like their offense was able to move the ball. They played, I thought they played okay on defense. I know they gave up 35 points, but for a while it looked like they were going to hang in there until late. 
Yeah, it was a really, it was actually a really fun game. And the Cardinals back to back weeks of impressive showings on both sides of the football. So you got to give them that. My pick that I lost on was I was I was a little bit shocked on. I took Pittsburgh minus three. Your boys down there in Houston and C.J. Stroud over three hundred yards, absolutely carved. Kenny Pickett. Hopefully he's okay. I know he had some injury problems in there, but that that was ugly. Yeah, that was. It was a fun game for me. I, and when we talked on last week's show, I said, gosh, this line's so weird. I feel like I could see this being the Steelers win by multiple scores. Kind of downplayed it. I woke up Sunday morning and I emotionally bet the Texans money line. That was the best decision I've made all week. In fact, when I woke up Sunday morning, it's so much, it's so funny how much clearer I see these lines. Like I woke up <laughs> Sunday and I, I put three bets in. This is no or four bets in, excuse me. I lost the one for the over of San Fran. I said, Texans money line. We're going to emotionally bet this game and cheer them on. The second one I bet was Buffalo minus two and a half. I said, there's no way the freaking Dolphins score 70 points last week, and they're the underdog. Vegas knows something. Buffalo minus two and a half. Obviously, that that was one of the better games of the week. Uh, and the last game was Cowboys minus six. Going into that evening game, the, I just got these juices flowing in my brain, and I thought, there's no way the New England Patriots and Mac Jones offense can cover if the Cowboys can score points. And it it was their defense scoring points as well. Uh, they got to be one of the better fantasy defenses this season because I think it's the second time they've scored two or more touchdowns in four games without one of their better defensive players. So those are the three games I, I liked this weekend. Uh, my picks on the weekend, however, we already talked about Kansas City not covering. I thought Zach Wilson played pretty well in that game, actually, oh. other than the one miscue at the end. I don't really think it cost them the game. They did have some momentum going their direction, but at least if you're a Jets fan, you're like, if he could play like this for the next several weeks, at least give us a chance. You know, I know Rogers is saying he's going to come back. It's highly unlikely he's able to come back this year, but I thought he played okay. And I wasn't too impressed with the chiefs offense either. They just get stagnant at times. Yeah. The second pick I had, I hit on, it was the Rams plus one and my, oh my, did I feel good at halftime? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna roll around. It was 20 to nothing in Indianapolis, and this game ended up going overtime, and it was a sweat. It was a fun game to watch. It was an awesome game to watch, honestly. But the bet did hit. Thank the Lord for the coin toss and favoring the Rams. And Stafford's looked great this season. Rookie receiver out of BYU's looked great. Yeah, I. Uh... I'm just going to read a little text message you sent in our Dudes with Some Balls group chat at Pacific Time 113. Jordan Ross texted us, I hate the Rams. Jordan Ross then texted us 30 minutes later at 143, I love the Rams. So you could tell he was over at his couch just not sure what to do and had to get some emotions out. So he ended up texting Booth and I. <laughs> so I'm glad that one hit for you. Uh, Puka again is just showing out for the Rams and that was so cool to see him get his first touchdown as an overtime victory. You know, that was an emotional moment for him. The storylines that have been going around understanding his kind of hard pass with his family issues. That was pretty cool. And then Jordan, you're, you just love texting us when you win. And I, I get joy when you text us when you win, because you bet the Thursday night game. And after the lions who I'm pumped to have Jameson Williams come back this next week, uh, they, they ended up winning and you texted us Thursday night. I'm trying to find it. I think you, you said one and zero heading into the weekend, Nick. You were you were excited about that one, and that was an awesome win. The Lions, just like the Seahawks, they they got a little more hype just because of last year. A lot, kind of like America's team. A lot of people are rooting behind the Lions. 
but I am loving every single piece of content content I'm seeing from the Lions. Yeah, it was a fun game. And if, if for our listeners to clarify the first locks that got put out, I had taken the Detroit Green Bay under, I want to say. And before the game started, I had changed it. We had to get a new graphic out there. I took the Lions minus one. I just felt good about it. The funny thing with the Lions is they just have they have a lot of different playmakers. And you mentioned Jamison Williams coming back. Jameer Gibbs was not on the field hardly at all. David Montgomery looked like a featured back. And I sat back watching that game thinking they're going to get David Montgomery all these reps while he's healthy. And they know that they're going to be a team that's going to be pushing towards the playoffs. Obviously, they're in first place in this division right now. If they can keep Jameer Gibbs kind of under the wraps, keep his legs fresh and healthy, that could be a guy that they look at bringing on in the later half of the season. Uh, and with the way that Dave Montgomery is running the ball as well, I mean, why would you why would you take him out? I know you got two featured backs, but three touchdowns for Montgomery on Thursday night. That was a fun game. Jordan Love in this Packers offense, it seems to be hit and miss so far. That was the first game I've got right betting either against or for the the Packers this season. So, Yeah, congrats on that one. Fantasy owners hate what you just said about the David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs thing. I do have Jameer Gibbs. I hate what you just said, but you're right. We talked about how important that is. Um, I think we talked about like Kamara before when he was injured, talking about how fresh feet come into the middle of the season, how important that actually is at the running back position, how it can be a game changer. So you might be on to something. Give Jordan Love a little bit of respect because he's still through for 246 yards. He's just going through the young quarterback struggles. And when there's no running game to help, I mean, the Lions, they held, I think, yeah, 27 yards to the uh, Packers rush game at home. That's that's pretty elite defense. They're a tough team. Outside, I mean, they could easily be 4-0. Tough game against Seattle. Like, the Lions, I I kind of wish I would have taken them to win the NFC North when we did our bets because I was, I was flipping half and half on that pod. Yeah, they're I they're a very good football team. They they're defensively they look a lot better. They just have a lot of different playmakers on the offense, and uh, they're a fun team to watch. I think I don't really see any of the other three teams really jousting to take over their spot, even though there's still a lot of football left. Obviously, injuries are a thing in the NFL, but they just have so much depth, both at the running back position, both out wide. You mentioned Jamison Williams coming back; he's going to be a big boost for their offense. Monroe. I'm on Ross St. Brown has been freaking awesome to watch so far this season. So I like the Lions a lot. Yeah, the uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. The only game I really wanted to hit on outside of our locks was the Baltimore Ravens are a confusing team to me. I really like them still. I think they're one of the most fun teams to watch. I know the Browns started Dorian Thompson Robinson, which I was actually really excited about. He looked very impressive in the preseason, although I did not anticipate him to have to play this year or really ever. Three interceptions kind of sucks for him because he's just a fun guy to watch, kind of that dual threat quarterback. He he did run for 24 yards, but Lamar Jackson is uh, he, he, he's my MVP pick like I said, but he's not putting up MVP numbers yet. However, that Baltimore defense has just been so impressive. And when they're on, this team has no problems winning. Say Flowers only touched the ball three times, but picked up 56 yards. And I'm big on the Ravens. They're just, they're an inconsistent team, despite looking at the three and one record. Yeah, they are. And I think the other big takeaway from this game was Dorian Thompson Robinson being the starting quarterback for the for the Browns and Deshaun Watson being medically cleared to play and basically said he wasn't good to go. So interesting there you get that obviously you don't know all the details of what he's feeling or what is, what is nagging him or whatnot, but 
that's kind of a weird remark when you look on the other side of the division, Joe Burrow is basically refusing to be benched, even mm-hmm. though the, the talent is not the same with this injury that he's dealing with. That was a big takeaway I had from that game. Yeah, the Ravens are a little bit confusing, they, but they're, they're still in the same ballpark that they've been in the last, what, half decade. It's just dealing with injuries, dealing with injuries, waiting to get guys back. I think they're going to be a good team rolling into the next half that they can get healthy. One of the games I wanted to touch on was the Buccaneers and our beloved Saints. The Buccaneers are – they're pesky, man. They're, they're a good football team. Baker's playing very well, and our Saints have not looked good offensively. No. The last few weeks, I know Derek Carr is a little banked up. Would have loved to see him famous Jameis in this game. Unfortunately, we let Derek Carr play with a strained AC joint. So the Saints, they're going to have some soul searching to do because I thought this was a division that they would excel in with him being the best quarterback in the division. He has not looked like the best quarterback in the division. In fact, I'd probably say Baker's looked like the best quarterback in this division through four. And they kind of routed the Saints. Yeah, I thought it was – Interesting to not go with Jameis. The Saints hate Jameis. I mean, seriously. The guy got to start at the beginning of last year, and then he got hurt, and then he was healthy, and they never played him again. And he did look promising in both years that he was with New Orleans before the arrival of Derek Carr. What I'm really shocked about this game is you probably anticipated that they would run the ball more because of Derek Carr's AC joint, but Derek Carr still threw the ball 37 times, and Kamara only had 11 carries for 51 yards, 70 yards on the ground for New Orleans as a whole. Like, Tampa's defense, when Tom Brady, when they won the Super Bowl, it was really like, this defense is unstoppable. And you didn't see that last year from Tampa Bay, but what's winning them games along with the uh, reassurance of confidence from Baker Mayfield, it's this defense. They're playing extremely well. They look very poised out there, and they're able to just stop anything in motion. Absolutely. The Bills-Dolphins games, do you have any big takeaways? I'm not surprised that 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 was the turnout of that game. I didn't really necessarily think it would be this big of a blowout just with how good the Dolphins offense has been looking. But defensively, they're certainly going to have some questions, I would think, going into the next week after uh, Josh Allen looked freaking awesome, dude. He yeah, so- that's where I kind of was. I I could have been like a coin flip on who could win this game. I think it was just going to come down to how well Miami's offense could score again. I, I kind of knew Buffalo was going to get theirs, in my opinion, but I didn't think it would be 48. So Miami, maybe it's just a lapse in what's been going so well. Maybe it's one of those games where it's like we're riding high and we're underestimating everybody else. I don't know. Tyreek Hill said after the game, like, it's good that this happened because, you know, it kind of shows that they're not the complete iron horse that they looked out to be, that everybody's making them out to be. So it'll be a, it'll be a good time to see how the Dolphins respond, and especially when they play each other again later on in the season because that could have big implications for the AFC East. Well, they play each other again week number 18, so that game could have a lot on the line. The big thing for the Dolphins that I think will make a big difference, that game in Miami. They don't mm-hmm. have to be up in Buffalo in January playing the last game of the regular season with you know with major playoff implications on the line. So, one other – you told me I could do it, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. We're going to touch base on that game. The Texans-Steelers – CJ Stroud looks awesome. I'm not going to go on much on him, but they're finding a way to move the ball around to some playmakers that I didn't think would have as significant roles or hadn't really seen a much of yet in their careers. Like Nico Collin or Tank Dell. They're just kind of going back and forth with who they want to spread the ball to. Their offense looked, I texted my buddy this week and he said, 
what a drive by it was the first drive of the game when they went just right down the field on the Steelers and scored a touchdown. I said that might have been one of the better called played or play called drives I've seen as a Texans fan, just knowing how many offensive linemen were out of that game, knowing the defensive pass rush that was going to be coming after Stroud. They didn't even get they didn't I don't even remember seeing him on his back or on his front at one point during the game. So he looked impressive. Um and yeah, they're, they're a fun team to watch. The next four games are all NFC South teams. I believe it's Atlanta, then New Orleans, then the Panthers, and then the Buccaneers. So they're two and two right now. I wouldn't be surprised if they win three out of four of those games and they're sitting pretty in the AFC South. So I was going to say the AFC South is up for grabs. And we talked about uh, Tank Dell and Nico Collins last week and kind of Tank Dell was crazy went off and then the week before that Nico Collins went off hate to relate them back to the Seahawks but like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett kind of alternating who goes off but that's going to do it for this week of Dudes with Balls wrapped up thanks for tuning in watch some more football good college games coming to you have a good one everybody take care <laughs>